to another edition of Bucky's fifth podcast Jake Okorowski we got Owen Reese on the line as well a lot going on spring football starts March 26th and of course we're starting our position previews for the spring we're going to talk tight ends and safeties and we have a special guest to help us about that today we welcome on from WOZN here in Madison 96.7 FM 1670 AM the zone here in Madison and also the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network, Zach Heilprin. Saw you a couple hours ago, but I'll ask, how's your evening going, brother? Uh, going great. Really appreciate you having me on for the first time. It is the first time, and this is not the first time we started recording this podcast, just behind the curtain. Let's have a little bit of fun here because my technology was not working properly about five minutes ago, but we appreciate your patience as always, sir, but you've been busy. You've, you know, I saw you earlier today. And then on top of that, you were in Indianapolis. I mean, overall, uh, what are your thoughts, some quick thoughts about what you saw down in Indianapolis, uh, you know, from a Badgers perspective? Yeah, it's the first time I've actually been down to the NFL Combine uh, in Indy. was supposed to go last year, but uh, couldn't make it. So uh, it was interesting. I, again, I, as we were, we were talking about before, I, I find it kind of – I found it interesting that you have, you have the entire NFL, this huge, huge corporation all – packed into this one little spot in Indy uh, for four or five days, six days, however long, you know, you're, you're there for. And it's, uh, I, I thought it was really interesting as uh, for Wisconsin, you know, they had eight guys there, which is the most they've had there in quite some time. So it was definitely worthwhile to be down there. And you had the three offensive linemen, you had the three linebackers, and then you had Alec Ingold and, and Dakota Dixon. And, you know, overall, I, I don't really know how much you, how much uh, good happened there for him. I think Ryan Connolly's 40 yard time was pretty good. I think Andrew Van Ginkle has, his uh, ability to to show off some of his athleticism with his vertical and his and his broad jump were good. TJ Edwards didn't work out uh, because he had a rolled ankle. Uh, you know the offensive lineman, uh, it, it was it was kind of eh. You know Bo Benchall didn't really do any of the uh, the drills on the field, and David Edwards, I don't think you would say had a great combine. I know Owen is more into the into the draft and certainly offensive lineman than I am, but um, that was kind of I, I thought he kind of struggled. And then Dakota Dixon, yeah, uh, did not. Uh, probably have the camp or have the combine he wants. Now I say all this and they're going to have an opportunity to come back and improve all those things. And, you know, in, ten, in next week during the pro day when it comes to Madison. So, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge thing. And, you know, if you mess up, you have another opportunity to do it. That's the benefit of getting invited to the combine. But um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think anybody stood out, had a huge, great, great combine or anybody had a really horrible one. It's just, you know, it was kind of, eh. Well, uh, kind of to springboard here, Zach, uh, speaking of standing out, um, obviously we had a, a podcast about this uh, over the weekend and um, clearly dominating the Badgers news cycle. Um, you know, obviously, we're not in, uh, I guess, but did you, I guess, how did you react or were you surprised at all by the, the news with Alex Hornerbrook? I wasn't surprised by the news. I was surprised by the timing. I figured it was going to happen, you know, one way or the other, whether it was going to happen right after the season and it didn't 
or it was going to happen after spring ball, you know, and maybe he wasn't going to be the starter or he was, you know, however that was going to play out. I did not expect the news to come in the middle of, you know, right before spring ball, right after he had taken part in all, you know, um, in winter conditioning and all that stuff. I was kind of surprised at the timing, the, the actual act of him doing it. Um, not surprising, but just the, the timing of it. And, you know, and, um, you know, being down in Indy at that time when it, when the news broke, you know, we were able to talk to, you know, some of the guys and the three offensive linemen, uh, publicly at least, you know, said that they were surprised that they were caught off guard. David Edwards, uh, you know, Michael Dieter and, and Bo Benshaw, um, you know, over my ability to stay there for a few more days and talk to a few more people, I think, uh, opened up a little bit more of my eyes to, um, the idea that, you know, maybe it wasn't as big of a surprise as, as those guys were letting on that, uh, uh, there was a feeling around the program that, um, that it was getting, that this was going to happen. Um, and that, uh, um, you know, it just, it, it wasn't going to work anymore. And so that, that, uh, he decided to move on and it was not as big a surprise as, um, those guys were initially letting on or, or maybe, uh, or maybe even, you know, felt it right away. Yeah. No, I remember you just reading your tweets last week about that. Even a guy like Alec Ingold, who I think maybe is a little bit closer to, it seems like he would be a little bit closer to, to Hornybrook than, uh, than others possibly or whatnot. I, I found that to be really interesting just to see their reactions. Uh, I mean, in terms of just how, you know, if they, you know, publicly they said that, you know, that, that surprise, I, I, I don't know. It, to me, it, I wasn't, I think like you, I wasn't surprised really at, at that prospect based off the season and just the dealing with the, the head injury or the symptoms, the recurring s- symptoms, uh, and then just the the regression or, or the the bad season he had really, uh, but it I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. And I mean, this is I mean, kind of segueing with that. I mean, I guess Zach, what are you looking for with the quarterbacks, real quick? Just and we won't go ahead and get into the full quarterback preview right now. But what are your thoughts yeah, no, uh, with, the, with this quarterback situation? Yeah, and I, and I should just add that you know those guys have not been around the program since the bowl game, they've been out training. I mean, uh, TJ Edwards and David Edwards and, you know, the two other linemen were all out in California. You know, a lot of these guys haven't been around the program, um, and haven't been around, you know, what's going on. So, uh, maybe that initial shock was, was genuine. I, again, I'm not saying that it's not, um, but certainly as the week went on and we were able to talk to a few other people that were, uh, around, you kind of got the felt. You kind of felt like that wasn't the case. Um, in terms of the spring ball, wow! Uh, all of a sudden, it becomes very even more interesting because it takes Alex Hornibrook and it takes the the crutch away. I think he was kind of a crutch for for Paul Christ and um, and has been. He could just fall back on a guy who started how many games he did, you know. And so that 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 crutch is gone. And now there's you have Jack Cohn, who's been in the program for what uh, I guess now two years. Two and a half. I mean, he came in. He was an early enrollee, so this is, is going to be his third spring ball. Um, and then it's Graham Mertz. It's Chase Wolf going through spring ball for the first time. It's you know, it's uh, uh, Danny Vandenboom. If you want to throw him in there, um, you know, it all of a sudden becomes a lot in my mind, a lot more interesting because there's no fallback. It's what we. It's what you see is what you get, and I'm I'm anxious to see what Graham Mertz is able to do, and I think. I think everybody else is too. I mean, that's that's the exciting person that you want to go and see. The guy who has all the accolades coming in, has all the talk about him. You want to see what he can do. You want to see, have you seen what he can do in uh, high school? You can see when he's doing in all uh, high school all star games. Let's see what it ha- what it looks like uh, in Division One football. That's that's what I'm excited about. 
For sure. I saw someone on Twitter uh, kind of make the, the metaphor of, um, you know, it's kind of like the kid's just about to start to drive and dad sells the old reliable pickup truck and kind of gives him the keys possibly to the to the sports car. And he said, well, I hope he doesn't wreck it too bad. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Badgers kind of transition here with, um, like you said, for the first time since Paul Christ entered Wisconsin, really a, a quarterback that's maybe not seasoned isn't the right word, but Stavi was entering his fifth fifth year and, and Bart Houston, a fifth-year senior as well. And then obviously once Hornerbrook took over, uh, um, became a multi-year starter. So um, definitely going to be an interesting dynamic in Madison. Well, well, if you think about it, um, you know, Houston had less experience going into his fifth year than Jack Cohn has now, you know? So even that, I mean, I, I would say that they have more experience returning now than they probably did even that year. But but you're right in terms of, you know, not having – there's there's no one I think he feels extremely, extremely comfortable with right now. Um, and certainly his play calling showed that with Jack Cohn. And uh, we'll see if that changes, uh, you know, if he gets another spring. He gets obviously another spring. And, again, I, I think people are going to riot if uh, Graham Mertz isn't the quarterback. But, <laughs> you know, he hasn't even thrown a pass yet. So. Um, that's again, this is, this is as exciting of a spring ball, I think, as you could probably have for Wisconsin. I think the, all three of us have seen too, that I don't think, um, while the fans might riot, I don't think Paul Chris spends too much time, um, considering what other people think as well. You so. think, <laughs> he, but he, I'm, I'm sure he appreciates everybody's opinion, um, but doesn't really care about it. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, he, uh, he just wants the guys to have fun. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's good stuff, Zach. Uh, we're here with WOZN's Zach Halperin here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And let's head straight into, you know, we, we talked a little quarterback. We'll get to a quarterback preview in a couple of weeks uh, on a show just because we talked about it ad nauseum last week with an hour plus long discussion of Alex Hornibrook, his career and what it means for the competition. That's basically almost a spring position preview as it was, but we'll readdress it coming up in a couple of weeks. So I wanted to kind of do something different with these two positions and maybe ones that don't get a lot of pub uh, or popularity compared to quarterback position, but they are very important and Jim Leonard's defense and on Paul Christ offense and that's safeties and tight ends. And we'll start with safeties first, Zach position where there's, you saw a lot of players step up with injuries. Dakota Dixon, Scott Nelson didn't, Obviously, stay healthy the entire year. Force guys like Reggie Pearson, Eric Burrell. You saw Evan Bondock, who depart is departing now. Uh, others, you know, I, you know. I think Seth Curran's was in the Nebraska game for a point when Dixon got injured. So all those injuries led to more experience being brought up. And I know Pearson only started one game, but he looked impressive. We'll get to him in a little bit, but. Overall, I mean, you've covered Dakota Dixon the entire time he's been here at Wisconsin. I've been here the entire time covering his journey as well. You saw him in Indy, but what exactly does his departure mean to the group on the field and off the field? I know leadership is probably the one big thing with, with that position group and how he led that group. But what else? What else does Wisconsin lose with that type of player? I think the fact is that they had they have a lot of experience playing without him already, don't they? I yep. mean, his, his uh, inability to stay on the field last year, and you know, and even uh, missing time in 2017, they've they, they know what it's like to play without him. Um, you know, when he was healthy, when he was 
healthy and out there and uh, playing a big role. I think he was he was a solid player. I I think you know as good of a person he is, and I and there's there's no doubt about that. Um, all the awards that he got for being the person that he is and everything that he fought through, you know, is commendable. I just don't think he was as good a player as I think maybe uh, it's presented as, as him, uh, as he was, as, as some people maybe thought he was Um, now when healthy, sure, but he hasn't, he really hasn't truly been that, that guy for quite some time. So, um, but, so I don't think it's, it's as big of a loss as maybe a lot of people are thinking it, it will be leadership wise, certainly, but we've now seen what it looks like with Eric Burrell, See what it looks like with Scott Nelson. We've seen it like a little bit with Reggie Pearson, and you know we'll see what it looks like with with Colin Wilder when you throw him in there as well. And um, you know where is Travion Blaylock too? You know you throw all those guys in, and um, it just by the end of last year, I think Jake that they were considering putting you in at safety for how many you know guys they've run through there. So um, the the health of that position, I think, is as big of a as big of a key as anything. I think there's talent there. It's just the ability to stay healthy. And, and Dakota was a big part of that, the inability to stay healthy. And Zach, speaking about that, and obviously I think his leadership is something that'll probably be missed more, like you said, than his, than his on-field play. The thing that I find really interesting is that uh, with Dakota's departure, by my count, there is going to be um, entering fall camp, at least 17 members of the secondary on scholarship and not one of them is a senior. Uh, I think that's probably a pretty unique dynamic we've seen the team continue to get younger under Paul Christ uh, and kind of how that's gone whether it's been through attrition of rosters or injury or or leaving the program or otherwise I guess looking forward into the safety position um, you know who do you really expect to be I think Scott Nelson really flashed last year but I think that other spot we saw three to four guys really get other time um, even yeah. during, during Nelson's absence I guess what are you looking forward to in this I guess at the safety position what are your kind of um, how do we think, obviously how do we, early expectations? How, yeah, how do we think Scott Nelson played last year? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that there were that there were flashes of really good play, but I thought that there was also. I mean, I think he also missed a few too many tackles. And again, he was another guy that was struggled with injuries. I mean, he he wasn't totally healthy, you know, uh, for much of the year either. So I don't know exactly what they have in Scott Nelson. I think he's a really good player. I think they they saw that when he was a red when he was redshirting that they thought he could have helped them. In 2017, if they, if they would have had that rule where you could play through freshmen, you know, up to four games, um, but I think he's still a, a work in progress. But yeah, the attrition aspect of it is for sure across the entire secondary. I mean, you lose uh, Dante Carey Williams last year, you lose Patrick Johnson last year. You know, Johnson would have been a senior this year and, and probably would have played a big role last year had he had he uh, stuck around. Now he's um, he's transferring, right? He's trying to go. He's he's going somewhere else, right? I know he's not coming back to Wisconsin, but. I don't know if Patrick um, you know, is. I know Arrington Farrar entered the portal. Yeah, Patrick. Uh, I, I, yeah, Patrick Johnson uh, isn't even. I believe he's not even at Wisconsin anymore. So um, he is uh, going somewhere else to play football. Uh, Darren, I believe. Yeah, Arrington Farrar is there, and I believe uh, Keldrick Preston is another one. All these guys that that quit. I shouldn't say quit. Uh, left the team last year for whatever reason. Um, are now in the portal and, and going elsewhere, but. Um, yeah, the secondaries were dealt with a lot of youth last year, and uh, it's still going to be pretty young this year, as you pointed out. But at safety, I, you know, I don't know who – if you – first day of spring ball, I think the, the, starting, the, the starting safeties will be Eric Burrell and Scott Nelson. Um, now, where does Reggie Pearson fit in that? Where does Colin Wilder fit in that? I know that there was a lot of buzz about him. Um, 
you know, again, as I mentioned before, Travion Blaylock, is he back at corner? Is he at safety? I don't, um, you know, I'm not sure where he was at because he obviously dealt with injuries last year too. So um, there's a, there's a bunch of, uh, I think there's a bunch of options there that'll play out over spring, but the key is just staying healthy because uh, the talent's there in my mind. I think, uh, and I don't mean to cut Jake off here, I think it's another interesting thing, and you mentioned it, right? With Scott Nelson, I think he's shown, I think his high spots are very high, very impressive. You know, you saw him flying around yeah. against Western Kentucky and um, a couple other plays. He had a big hit, and I believe it was the Iowa game that was a very heady, wasn't called for a, a targeting call, uh, kind of just yeah. led with his shoulder, knocked the ball out. Um, and then obviously with Reggie Pearson, really only played that Michigan game. Uh, and I know Paul Chris kind of mentioned too that, so yeah, he's a true freshman, and his first start's going to be at Michigan on the road, um, and this is his first snaps even. Uh, and I think he looked yeah. uh, pretty good. But then again, like you mentioned, this the I think for as much say, uh, talent as at the safety position uh, throughout, and maybe even if you'd call it quote unquote depth, I think it's probably the most uncertain position on the roster. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um. Trying to think of the other spots. I mean, obviously, uh, you have quarterback. Uh, well, yeah, certainly. Um, but I mean, you you, you have uh, guys that have played the position before at some of these other spots. Inside linebacker, you have you know Chris Orr there. You have Zach Bond at outside mm-hmm. linebacker. You have you know you have guys that you know you can count on to play the position. And you know, safety is is up there. Corner probably, I think you throw in there as well. I mean, I think we saw really good play from from guys at times, but it wasn't consistent. And whether it was Rashad Wild Goose or whether, you know, you want to throw Fayon Hicks in there or Caesar Williams, whatever it is. But the Scott Nelson thing, uh, going back to safety, he also had a big hit, uh, a really good tackle in the bowl game um, on a, on a, I want to say it was re- not a reverse, but a, a fly sweep. Um, whereas like it was one-on-one and he made the play and you're like, that's the guy that they need. That's the guy that, you know, I think a lot of people are hoping he's going to be. And if that's, if that's a sign of what's come, that's great for Wisconsin. Absolutely. And when you look at some of these players, you already mentioned Nelson, where you you mentioned the flashes. Then you also talked about the, the missed tackles, which is the one thing uh, that stood out to me. But also, you know, looking at the players like a Burrell, a Pearson, a Wilder, are you know, and you already mentioned Pearson talking about that, the, the tackle in the bowl game. But what are you looking for from – I would say maybe maybe these guys are the top contenders where Burrell, Nelson, Pearson, a Colin Wilder. Uh, what what would you state as the I would say what like maybe one or two things you're looking for from those type from those players heading in the spring that could that'll springboard them in the fall camp. Yeah, it's the playmaking ability. Uh I think, you know, even going into I remember talking to Jim Leonard, and this was when Patrick Johnson was still on the on the, on the roster um, or still on the team before he had the uh, concussion issues. And it was he he said he had three guys he could count on: uh, Johnson, Nelson, and Dixon. And and it was asked why, and it was they make plays. And so that's what I think he's looking for. And we kind of saw a little bit of a a flash of that in the bowl game. Now Miami was throwing the ball to every guy in red, so I mean I, I don't know how much we can. <laughs> say that that's the that's what that's what it's going to look like all the time uh we've we done that with another player i think his name is alex hornibrook uh facing miami team and we thought he was gonna be the greatest thing ever um uh that did not work out but a guy like eric burrell who 
had that interception in the bowl game. That's a that's a make it a play, you know. And they all, a lot the secondary was all over the place in that bowl game. I thought it was fantastic. Again, now how much of that is Miami's quarterback uh, was hor- all their quarterbacks were horrible? I don't know, but you have to be put yourself in position to make plays, and they did that. So um, that that's be the that'd be the main thing. That's the biggest thing because you're, you're not going to get a see a lot of tackling in in spring ball. You barely see it in fall camp. So. I don't know how much we'll be able to sit there and say, I, oh, yeah, Scott Nelson is a good tackler now. I don't know that. But playmaking ability, whether it's uh, in a game or in practice, that, that shows up. For sure. I think in, in kind of the, the springboard off you heard for just a second, I think the two things all right, are, are health and tackling. Um, in this defense, the way that, that Leonard has it kind of schematically structured and and what you're probably likely going to get or not going to get for lack of a better term out of the the pass rush of the outside linebackers unless something drastically changes I think you're right that secondary has got to be the the playmaking group uh however to make plays you got to be on the field I think that's just something that I don't know if if last year was a flash in the pan or if it's just maybe something to consider I guess but it's um injuries talent isn't matters yeah, but like injuries are going, injuries are going to happen, and they they affect different groups at different times. You, know, you think about inside linebacker that we they got the you know the uh, the reputation of you know just being able to plug and play guys, and they got that incredible depth in their inside linebacker group. You know, starting back in twenty fifteen because they had all the injuries. You know what I mean? Like you had Jack Sitchie or you had uh, uh, Chris Orr go down, or Jack Sitchie go down, or you know whoever it was. And other guys were stepping up and stepping into into roles, uh, in, and you got that great depth. You know what I mean? So um, that that is injuries are going to happen, and some, and you have to you have to build on that. But I think it's going to be a good thing that they had all those injuries last year at safety because now you have a bunch of guys that do have play. Uh, they they have experience, and now they're going to go through another spring ball, having known what is going to happen on a game day. They know what it's going to look like, and I think that's going to help. Guys, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk about tight ends. A new look room, no Kyle Penniston, no Xander Neville, both for different reasons, but you have the returning Jake Ferguson. Coming back, we'll talk about his evolution going forward in 2019 and more here on Bucky's fifth podcast. We are back here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Zach Heilprin from WOZN, the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network, joins us once again and now we turn our attention to tight ends and obviously the emergence of Jake Ferguson last season helped in the receiving game. Uh, and I believe Ferguson was second on the team in receptions uh, and all, you know, and, and made an impact there. Redshirt freshman now going to be a rising red shirt sophomore, but there will be changes at tight end and you have Kyle Penniston who, you know, Zach, you reported it first uh, when it hit the, you know, with, with confirming with the UW official back in January that he was going to be, that he, he left the program and, was, and confirmed that he entered the transfer portal. And then Xander Neville, the the more the inline tight end, obviously exhausted his eligibility, was injured for most of last season. And it's going to be kind of a new look, even though you do have some pieces in there. You have Ferguson, obviously as the pass catching threat. And we saw more of Luke Benchwall, especially at, in that bowl game against Miami, but starting off with Penniston's departure, what does that mean from the position group? Is it just one more player with experience like he had, 
just not going to be around. I mean, he didn't really affect the passing game too much, and that may have been because of the different different duties. What do you have three? What do you have like three catches? Right. What do you have like three right. catches last year. Just the yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. You know I mean? Definitely. Like, I think it's one thing where I'm wondering if the with Neville's injury, if that forced him, even though they used those jumbo packages last year, I'm wondering if just some of the responsibilities or blocking schemes or plays called took him out of being more of a pass catcher because of the Neville injury. You know what I mean? Where he maybe is more accomplished blocker than Ferguson, yeah, I but you know, but I obviously not, maybe not as much of a, an effect in the passing game uh, going forward. Yeah. I think they wanted to get the ball to Jake Ferguson. You know what I mean? Like that's, I, I would, uh, if I'm going to choose between those two guys, I know which one I want to throw to every day. And it's not Kyle Penniston is, is, you know, as a, as a receiver each year, like his, his numbers went down and that that's not supposed to happen. It's supposed to go the other way. Uh, I don't know, you know, your, your point about him having to take on a different role, potentially with Neville's injury. Um, you know, I certainly hear that. And, you know, and Luke Benshaw was hurt as well at certain points. So they were, they were down a couple of guys at, at one point. So, that's a possibility, but I also think it has the fact that Jake Ferguson is uh, is a freak, and we all saw that. I think we all saw that in spring ball last year, and we certainly saw it in a little bit of fall camp that we had. And you know, I, I remember doing our uh, you know our preview podcast with all of the you know all the uh, guys were watching practice every day, and we all thought that the breakout guy was going to be Jake Ferguson. You know what I mean? So um, he's a, he's an all Big Ten tight end type, and you want to get the ball in his hands. So without and I think Kyle Pennison saw that and he knew that the ball wasn't going to be coming to him and he wanted to go and find a place where maybe the ball will start to come to him and, and hopefully he does. But um, I, I think it's a loss of experience, but I'm not sure how big of an impact it'll have on the overall offense of it because I don't really view him as a as a great uh, blocker. I never thought he was. Zach, how do you think? I think looking at tight end, right, you've obviously got Ferguson and, and Ben Shaw, who's more of an inline guy as well. Uh, tight end, another position where there's a bit of uncertainty. I think the Badgers quite often like to use three tight ends. Um, and outside of those two, you have a, a walk-on in Gabe Lloyd um, and then a redshirt freshman in Cormac Sampson. Uh, do you think that this is a position where you'll really get a chance to see one of those two freshmen coming in in the fall uh, get a chance to get on the field early? Yeah, I mean, I would have. Uh, you are talking about Clay Cundiff and um, Hayden Rucci, and I, I, I would have said – you know, if one of those guys had come in and string ball, it would have been even that much better. Um, and it's it's possible we could see uh, changes in you know position changes. Obviously, uh, we don't know that. We're we're our, we'll we'll figure out a lot of this stuff in a couple of weeks when spring ball opens, and we'll see guys change positions. I know Jalen Franklin came in as pretty uh, highly touted tight end. Uh, they have him at outside linebacker. That very well may be. And I shouldn't even say highly touted tight end. He came in as a a guy that could have played tight end or defense, and they put him on defense and. Um, I wonder if he's still there. I, I'm just spitballing here, but, uh, yeah, those two guys, uh, specifically Rucci, I think would have a shot. Um, Cormac Samson is a, another big body who could be an inline guy. Look, we know, we know exactly what they think about their, their blocking ability last year. Uh, when, when Xander Neville went out, what would they do? <laughs> they went to, <laughs> right. they went to their, uh, heavy packages, More right? So we know exactly, we know exactly what they think of. Right. And so they know exactly they we know exactly what they think about the other guys as blockers. Um so what will change? I don't know. It's very possible to see more jumbo packages. Now, they had an abundance of offensive linemen last year and they lose four of those guys, uh four starters if you want to count uh uh John Dietzen as as a starter. Um 
which he could because he started 12 games, um, even though it may not have been the best one. That's neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, without having those many guys, having that many guys uh, available, maybe you don't do it. But I think we all know it, it was pretty clear that they did not have confidence in the other uh, tight ends on the roster to, to be big time inline blockers. Yeah, I, and that's, I mean, that's going to be really interesting. I mean, how big of the spring is it for, for Luke Benchwall, in my opinion? I mean, you, I know the 20 yard touchdown pass against Miami was negated because of the injury or not injury, the penalty during those uh, later in the game, or no, it was the second quarter. I think it was, but you know, how big is it for him just for the snaps, but also just, you know, staying healthy, I think is going to be big for him because yeah. the past two seasons, it's, it, there's, yeah. you've seen him on the list where I think it was as a registered freshman. He was out for a long time. And then last year, you know, he played 10 games, started four of them, but he's still out here and there, you know, for, for three of them. So I think for him, I, you know, I think it's a big year for him, especially yeah. if he, they're going to lock down that inline position. If you're not going to have a guy like maybe Cormac Sampson, who's according to the height and weight and, Depending on how that fluctuates, yeah, he seems like a big guy that could do that big could boy. be that inline guy, that next successor. But I think you hit it on the head too with Rucci, where if he would, you know, if he was able to come in early, I think you know, he, and obviously there's a huge jump between high school and college, and that's what spring ball helps you out with. But if he would have came in early, I thought maybe he'd have a fighting shot too, based off of where they're projecting him to play on the inline Y look as well. But I mean, how big is this spring in your opinion for Benchwall? It's big. I mean, I, again, I think he's he's got a ton of experience now too. I mean, he's he's played a lot of football, even though he had uh, dealt with injuries. Uh, he's he's going to be a guy that I think he is going to end up being that inline, more that inline blocker. And uh, you know, they have three spots, and again, they could they uh, the tight end and the fullback are I wouldn't say interchangeable, but um, they could they could potentially use more fullbacks. I mean, obviously they're they're going to be working in some new fullbacks along with uh, with um, obviously Mason. Uh, Stokey, Stocky, Stocky. I get, I always get uh, uh, looked at badly <laughs> when I mispronounce his name. Um, it's it's Mason Mason Stocky, I believe, and uh, you know, and John Chanel. Maybe maybe those guys can play uh, a, a different spot, or, or I should say, um, be used differently as well. Um, you could pretty much interchange uh, them for the most part. But yeah, no big big spring for Luke Benchall. There's no doubt. Uh, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself in the idea that if they stay healthy, they'll be fine. Um, but that it totally is. I mean, injuries were as big of an impact uh, for in the secondary and at tight end last year as anything, you know, I, the, the talent was there. Zander Neville was prime for a big year. He couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Benchall, you know, was, was off to a good start early in the year, but stay healthy. So, you know, having Jake Ferguson be as uh, a big time player as he, as he was last year, kind of covered some of that, those other inefficiencies, but um, stay healthy and <laughs> you'll be good. Right. I mean, it's just so simple. Uh, and, uh, and I know I'm saying it over and over again. Zach, what do you think the next step is for Jake Ferguson? Obviously he kind of blew onto the stage um, here. Is it him becoming a better blocker or is it, do you think it's simply finding more ways or getting him the ball more um, as, yeah. a, as a general theme? Well, get him the ball more. That's that's always a positive thing, right? I mean, he had he. I don't know how much what what more he could do. I think I think uh, maybe we they broke out yep. the tight end screen. I think in the bowl game, I believe. Um, Big time. And yeah, and I I'd, I'd like to see more of that because I I feel like that hasn't been used in quite some time. Um, but again, 
you know, it's becoming a more well-rounded player. I think, uh, remember going back to Troy Fumagalli, you know, when uh, he obviously had Jake Pedersen, uh, Jake Pedersen, you know, until, and so then, so he had him in front of him. And then the next year it was going to be in 2015, it was going to be, you know, trailer and uh, another guy in Fumagalli. It's going to be those three. And then all of a sudden trailer got hurt. The other guy got hurt and it's all in Fumagalli's like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> And it forced him to become a better player. It forced him to become an all-round player. He had to block. He had to catch the pass. He had to, he had to do all the stuff, everything that you asked of from a tight end. He was able to play all three spots by the time of that, by the end of that year, because they got he got drilled by injuries that entire season, uh, especially at that spot. So he was forced into doing that other stuff. That's what Jake Ferguson is. If you look at the position right now uh, with the unknowns there, he needs to be that guy. He needs to be as well-rounded as possible. And I think that maybe is what his offseason looks like. You know. Be be as good of a pass catcher, be as good as a route runner as you are a blocker, and and uh, and the other way around. You know, be as well rounded as a tight end as you can possibly be, and that makes you more effective. It makes Wisconsin's offense more effective because they don't know what's coming when you're in the game. Zach, thank you very much for for stepping on the show with us, giving some of your time. Um, really appreciate it. Obviously, one of our uh, favorite guys to follow on the beat. Um, and and like I said, thanks for for stopping by and, and giving us uh, some Badger takes. Uh, in these cold, cold months. On that note, folks, we're wrapping up here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Make sure you guys listen uh, here on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, and, and other platforms to find our podcast. And Owen, how, what type of reviews? Five-star reviews only. That's right. We got to feed our kids. Uh, on that note, for Owen Reese, for Zach Heilprin, this is Jake Kokorowski signing off for another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Tune in later this week. We'll have our mailbag segment, but also we'll talk with Austin Trailer from the Salt Lake, yeah, Salt Lake Stallions of the Alliance of American Football. So that'll be fun talking with Austin coming up uh, later this week. And stay tuned for another episode of Bucky's Fifth Podcast.